What's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we jump into the NFL. We discuss Cleveland, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., the Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh Steelers, man. We just talk about pretty much everything going on in the NFL and the playoff scenarios. And we also talk, talk about the NBA and the James Harden trade and the effect it's had so far in Brooklyn. So make sure you tune in to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Today was a big day. We got a lot going on in the world in the United States. The inauguration of uh, a 46 is in town. Sunkiss made his way out of town. It's a good day. It's a very good day. And it's a great day to talk sports. So what's up, fellas? How y'all doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I got... um. H2O is good for the soul. I'm not sure if you can see, but if you can't see, you can hear it. H2O is good for the soul. I must admit, I didn't get a chance to get mine yet, so um, I will be getting it sometime during this podcast. Ah, I've had a nice, tall, frosty glass myself. If it ain't frosty, it ain't right. So, anywho, uh, as uh, me and uh, Smooth is uh, getting into it, Earlier, before we got started, we were talking about the NFL. Uh, we weren't even really talking about the playoffs, so to speak, but we, we were just kind of just speaking about Cleveland. And I guess talking about Cleveland, Cleveland did get bounced out of the uh, out of the playoffs against Kansas City. Uh, they played a hell of a game. Um, they managed to come back from a 19-3 deficit to lose the game 22-17, and they had opportunities. They definitely had opportunities down the stretch, and just unfortunately, um, luck wasn't on their side. And the future is bright in Cleveland. So what me and uh, Smooth were talking about was the conundrum that we that we believe Cleveland would be in right now, due to the fact that the the plethora of weapons that Cleveland has on offense, namely Odell Beckham Jr., and the fact that he got hurt and missed 10 games, and Cleveland played their, their butts off for those 10 games and ended up being a playoff team. So the bigger question is, what does Cleveland do with Odell Beckham? Do they keep him? Do they trade him? I, I guess they are – I'm not saying they're a piece away. I think offensively, I think they're nice. I think they could probably use a, a piece, maybe a piece or two on defense, but what they have at that core – without OBJ is great. But if they plan on bringing OBJ back, they got to let some receiver go or two <laughs> because they ain't enough balls to go around for the diva that we call OBJ. So what, what, what do you guys think about the situation? Uh, I, I guess I was coming into the mix. I didn't know um, what you guys talked about. Um, to be honest, I agree with you. I mean, the focus should really be on their defense. Um, I think that at the end of the day, OBJ, you really don't know what you got with OBJ um, at this stage um, if you include them in the mix. And I always say with any team, um, even with your superstars, if that person is injured, you got to see what you have first before you can make a decision whether or not you want to trade them or get rid of them. Um, but I agree, who, there is not enough ball to go around. I completely agree with you on that. Um, and I think that their defense definitely needs to upgrade one or two. Um, they definitely need to solidify that a little bit more for them to get to that next level. So I really think that they need, really need to, for right now, hold on to OBJ. Um, just see what you have. Um, and then I would evaluate. And then after you make that evaluation with a healthy OBJ, then you can make the decision of who you want to keep and who you want to go. It'll be a better decision uh, because then you took, you know, at least a flyer on a healthy OBJ. Uh, but they definitely need to shore up that defense, that's for sure. Um, they're there, but they're, they're just like, a, like you said, they're, they're there, but they're not there just yet. The defense wins championships, and they need to focus a little bit more on that. Their offense is right where they need to be at this point. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm with you there. I think that, you know, the defense is good. I think, you know, there's losing this game. And I, and I actually think if they had a little bit more time in that game, I think they might have been able to pull it out. I think um, time got the better of them, um, um, especially with, you know, Patrick Mahomes being out. And, you know, they were trying to, uh, you know, make it work with the backup. But, you know, they just – time was not on Cleveland's side. Um, but I agree with you. I think – Initially, I think they're going to bring OBJ back, see what they got, see what they can do with them. Um, the absence of OBJ, um, Baker had to spread the ball around a little bit more. Um, I think they had to start focusing on their running game, which with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I mean, that's their bread and butter. I think that's what drives the whole engine. And then you had, um, obviously, you had Jarvis Landry, Rashad Hennings, and I think um, Donovan Peoples-Jones definitely got some um, burn because OBJ is there. Um, when OBJ is back, you see what you got with him. Um, the question is, OBJ is getting a contract of a, um, a first option receiver. Do you go into the next season with him as the first option receiver? I think you don't. I think you try to work him in and see what you can do. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good problem to have <laughs> if you're Cleveland. Um, but I definitely think the offense probably probably needed a, a, a bit more better rotation on the um, on, on your defensive line. Miles um, Garrett and Sheldon Richardson are good. Um, Denzel Ward is, you know, versus boys in secondary. But I think you need a little bit sure up more defensive rotation because um, if you're in the AFC next year, you're going to have Mahomes. You're going to have um, you're going to have Lamar Jackson. You're going to have Buffalo with Josh Allen. You're going to need rushers to rush the QB, and you're going to need some pieces in the back to be able to cover you. So I think this is a learning experience. They remind me of almost Kansas City three years ago before they were, when they took that loss to the Patriots and the Patriots went on and went to the Super Bowl. They remind me of they're like right there, like that year where they had Alex Smith in changing over to – Patrick Mahomes, I think they're right there where they just need a few more pieces. They're getting experience. Baker, Mayfield, I mean, people want to call him a bus. He he's playing his butt off this last. And I think now the marriage between him and Kevin Stefanski is starting to pay dividends. I think it's going to go into next year. Cleveland's going to be up. While I'm afraid to say Pittsburgh is going to be down, but I think they'll keep OBJ and try to work him in there, but I don't think they're going to get rid of him, not just yet. I think they, I think they trade him and get somebody, get some some, some pieces, uh, trade uh, draft capital, or they go get some pieces. Only because I, I understand that you're just one injury away from the next man up, and I mean that's just part of the, that's just part of the game. Hopefully, if you draft well. And you can uh, bring in somebody on the cheaper end. You know, it, things might work out for them. But there are some teams out there that are, are starting wide receiver away that will make them offensively a better a better team. Uh, who who can I think of at the top of my head? Houston. If for whatever reason they're able to keep Deshaun Watson, I doubt it, but. Whatever QB that they have, OBJ would be a great piece to have to uh, to come in there for a quarterback. I would love to see the 49ers and and Watson come up with an agreement where we can give them Garoppolo, which means that's a starting QB in the NFL who went to a Super Bowl. Um, and you could give Garoppolo a weapon like OBJ as your number one. Houston is not bad. Offensively, I mean, they still need some some work. Um, some other places that could possibly use uh, a number one, Carolina. Um, hell, Philly. Um, just to name a few, you know. Uh, so it, it's some teams out there. It's just a matter of are they willing to take on that significant contract? And two... How how desperate is that team that needs that wide receiver? Like, if you're coming out desperate, I think Houston would be that team that's desperate. They just say, hey, look, if we can go out there and get OBJ, will you stay Deshaun? You know, 
I could see where that might. I think be. that ship has sailed. I'm sorry. I'm be honest with you. Maybe so, but I mean, if if I'm if I'm leadership, and I got to try to keep the Sean, I would try to pitch that. You know what? Here's my thing with Deshaun Watson. Because everybody that's like try to keep him, try to keep him. He's on the contract. They ain't got to try to do nothing. That's true. He's there. True. true. But hey, if we have not learned anything about this James Harden situation, <laughs> just because they dare, it doesn't mean that always is going to end up that they're going to stay there. Right. <sighs> yeah. But in the NBA and the NFL case, the NFL owners have a lot more leverage over the players than NBA does. NBA can, James Harden did that. And in my opinion, I thought that the Houston Rockets should have just sat his butt down until further notice. But that's a different story. But mm -hmm. I agree, Ace. Houston is, Houston is desperate. I think Cleveland, you got to bring him back and play him to make sure that people know that he's worthy enough for you to take him. Because right now he had the ACL injury. You got to get him back on the field. You got to get that car back on the road. You got to make sure people know that car actually is driving and you're not giving them a lemon before anybody's going to really jump up and want to take him, plus his contract as well. So I think initially they'll try to run with him and see how he fits in there. But I agree. If it don't look like it's going to work or it looks like it's not good, yeah, then I can see like a in midseason trade to somebody that's, you know, Hey, we saw, you know, Andre Hopkins go, you know, midseason. So, Andre Hopkins? Can, no, he went off season. I thought he was right before the well, – I thought he was right during the beginning of the season. <clears throat> it was off uh, season. Okay. Well, don't be surprised if he's playing for the Browns game one and they got to at least kick the tires to make sure if they're looking to trade him, you got to at least know that he's worthy of whatever you might be willing to try to get. And, and if I'm a team – I'm not going to want to trade for him until I see him on the field and look like he's the same OPJ or at least 95% close to what he was. I was just about to say that. I completely agree. Well, I mean, you got the preseason for that because I would, show, I would think that he would want to come out in the preseason to show that he still has what it takes to be that number one. You know, but in Houston's case, I don't know if they have much of a choice with the opportunity to sit there and wait. You know, because I would hope that if Deshaun was able to force a trade, that they'll go out there and get the best deal possible. I heard something. I heard something on the news yesterday. Not the news, but uh, I forget this. Uh, I forget the show. Uh, whatever it is, but the guy came out and said, "Do you think the Jets should go after Deshaun Watson?" And first of all, I was like, "Why the hell would the Jets want to give up all that capital to go after Deshaun Watson?" It don't make no damn sense to me. But I forget exactly what they're talking about, but he still got Sam Darnold that's still under contract. I don't think they gave him the fifth-year option. But then it's like you, you got both Watson and Darnold. <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. But whether here nor there. Since we're talking about pieces and, and things of that nature. Big Ben has decided he's coming back for another year. Do you think this decision hurts or helps Pittsburgh in their quest to go on back, to run it back next season? Uh, oh, it seems like we lost out there for a second. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> they're kind of like in a in a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation because he counts a lot towards the cap so it's like you keep him on you got to pay him all that money you cut him or you let him go you're going to get a hit against the cap not as much as you got to pay him but a significant chunk so um, I to me I think the Pittsburgh Steelers go into this offseason looking for a QB replacement. And I think they'll try to draft his QB replacement or trade for his QB replacement in the offseason. So Mason Rudolph is not that QB? No, I don't think he's – I don't think he – I don't think they believe in Mason Rudolph that he's a, he's just the, the heir apparent yet. Um, 
but I think you might have to go in the offseason looking for a QB that could be able to step in or at least be able to compete with Mason Rudolph. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, we saw Mason Rudolph last season. He didn't look like he was <laughs> anywhere near ready to take the reins. So I'm pretty sure that Pittsburgh is like, I don't know. But I think, I think Ben Roethlisberger comes back next year. I think that's probably his last year at Pittsburgh. And I think they do an Eli where they – kind of let him play out that last year, let him get that money and just give him his send off or at least putting three Lombardi trophies in the, um, in the case for them. But I think this, this upcoming year, I believe this is um, his last year and they'll trade or draft his replacement in this upcoming, you know, in this upcoming off season. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was good. To, good to have you back. Uh, we're discussing, Big Ben returning for another season. And does he hinder or help the Steelers moving into next uh to the upcoming season? Um, um what'd you think? Bottom line is is that um for Big Ben, I think that he, I, I didn't catch what you guys said um because of my network issues. Um, but in my opinion, I think that Ben Big Ben should come back for one more season. Um, at least to do a, a phase out. Um, I think that at this at this stage, I know that he's at this stage where he's contemplating um, retirement and everything. But I think that if anything, he should help train whoever they have as the next incoming um, quarterback um, to help plan. Or how, how can I put phase it out, um, so to speak? Where um, you don't give the quarterback, whoever's going to be their quarterback for the future going forward, you don't give them too much, um, but at least be enough where he can learn from Big Bang because he's definitely going to need to learn the offense and what to do, the ins and outs, so that it could be a transition um, phase. Um, that's, I mean, Big Ben is, it's going to be interesting to see what Pittsburgh does um, because truth be told, it's not really just Big Ben or the quarterback that they need to focus on. They also need to assure up their offensive line and the running back position because they did not run the ball at all this season, or it wasn't a factor, I should say. So I think that the focus should be two things. Um, the, the help phase out Big Ben to whoever is going to be your future quarterback, but also ensure that, that that running game is solidified to where it used to be because it is not the same Pittsburgh running that offense that it used to have. Um, I would think that it was too much relying on Big Ben and not enough on the balance attack. What, what do you think the odds are that Le'Veon Bell will come back to Pittsburgh? Because honestly, I don't think James Conner or Blake Snell is the answer. Benny Snell, excuse me, is the answer for running back in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Or maybe it was just because of, or maybe, or may, well, it could be two things. Maybe it was the patience of Le'Veon Bell mimicking or, or not exposing the offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because when Le'Veon Bell was there his last season and James Conner came on his rookie year, he did well. But then ever since, once Le'Veon Bell held out, it didn't come back, and Conner assumed his number one role, he did all right that first year when he was when Le'Veon left. Then it just seemed like the running game just regressed from that point forward. I'm not 100% sure if it was because the offensive line just got worse and he never addressed the offensive line or Le'Veon Bell just really covered up what Le'Veon Bell and Big Ben covered up the inefficiencies of that offensive line. Le'Veon Bell being the patient runner and Big Ben being that dude that didn't necessarily come down on the first time, you know, a defensive lineman or end would hit him. He was able to manage to get out of a lot of those situations and still continue on to play. But now that Big Ben is not the Big Ben of old, his mobility is is lacking, and he he's not taking the hits like he was in the past. Is really now maybe exposing that offensive line more so than ever, and maybe they just need to go ahead and address that, like instead address the offensive line in the offseason. Uh, I know it ain't the sexy picks, but sometimes when you go out there and get you know offensive linemen your first first couple picks of the draft things start to look up and up moving there, you know, from that point forward. Plus, 
the Steelers always find a knack to find a diamond or a rough wide receiver. So they manage to find offense better than most most teams in the league. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. This means just no, no, no. I was, and that was the whole thing. I I don't think that, I, like you said, they find talent no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, like you never know. Like you said, when Le'Veon Bell left, nobody really knew about James Conner until he started playing, and then he became that top option. Um, and that's where I really believe that they just. It, it kind of, and I, to be honest, I really believe that they regressed on shoring that offensive line to make sure that it's there. Um, because if the offensive line is solid, um, Big Ben wouldn't have to, I mean, Big Ben used to be a mobile quarterback that could get out of any situation. But now, like you said, since he's aged, he's not there where he's supposed to be. And that protection needs to be there so that he's able to do the things that he can do. Um, he needs to be protected a lot better than what it was this season. And it definitely didn't show up that um, he couldn't get the ball to his receivers in time, which in turn was could have been an issue. And then when you don't solidify the running game, I mean, where was the offense going to come? So I think that everything needs to start from that offensive line. It's once the offensive line is solidified and sure, Big Ben, the running game will start to pick up. And then once the running game pick up, that's where Big Ben can be- become more effective. I mean, I, that's just my opinion on it, but I believe that they really need to show up that offensive line first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, they haven't really been the same since, you know, Le'Veon Bell stopped playing. Um, Even though you had James Conner and he filled in quite nicely that year that, you know, Le'Veon Bell was, you know, going through his contract disputes, but I doubt Le'Veon Bell comes back. The bridge has been burnt. You had the same guys that were in the offensive line. They started criticizing them, you know, after a while. It would they wouldn't bring him back. I think they would, um, you know, either they go into the depth chart and, and try to see who they can pull out. But don't be surprised if they go in and choose a running back. I mean, you had Benny Snell, who was okay. James Conner, unfortunately, just can't stay healthy. Um, I think it was Jalen Samuels, can't stay healthy. Um, it's cheaper to get somebody in a draft <laughs> and plug them in. And so... Um, my guess is is that I wouldn't be surprised if they Pittsburgh tried to make a jump up to get a quarterback. Um, and like you said, out be that transition. Like I said, this could be like you know Eli Manning had his last year. I think they probably put Daniel Jones in there several weeks too early, but whatever the reason, it's probably going to be like that, or even be like the Alex Smith where. You know, Ben, you know, Big Ben plays out his last season and new quarterback just kind of learns and then he starts. But I agree with you, the offensive line, the running game is what makes that whole offense go and it, in, in a strong defense. And right now, their running backs can't stay healthy. So there's some decent quarter, you know, running backs are going to be in this draft. I mean, go cheat and, and get one or two and, and and make it up that way. Um, right now, they got the mock draft um, saying that, um, Pittsburgh will probably pick um, Najee Harris, uh, the running back from Alabama. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, they got him selected I, I heard Miami about trying to go after him. Nah. Say it again. Miami. They'll probably go and get Smith from Alabama if they don't opt to go for another quarterback. They Well, right now they slated to go for um, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. Who's that? Wide receiver or running back? Offensive um, left tackle, it looks like. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. They could go offensive lineman or they can go wide receiver because they need to, if they're going to stick with Tua, they need to get him some protection and some weapons. But I can definitely see Najee Harris fall into the Pittsburgh Steelers and then he'll fit right in and just be like like another Pittsburgh running back. But they still need offensive line. They, they they need offensive linemen in the worst way, and um, because something maybe maybe some of their linemen got hurt, maybe some of them opted not to do uh, play due to COVID, um, which is a possibility too. Uh, but I don't know, I don't know. But what we haven't talked about was the NFL playoffs. Interestingly enough, well, I guess we kind of started that, but then we just left it all alone. Um, are we are we shocked or are we well, I guess the word would be shocked or are we satisfied with 
the representation in the NFC and the AFC Championship. Is there a team that you thought wasn't supposed to be there there, or do you, you feel confident that, you know, the teams that should have won won last weekend? Hey, I picked all the teams that got there to get there. I mean, I mean, I, I knew Rams was going to be no threat to the to Packers. I didn't realize how soft they were going to be, but <laughs> I didn't think – I saw no threat to them. Kansas City, I thought it was going to be Cleveland. Did you, did you no, think- I, I, yeah, I rephrase that. I got all but one wrong. I picked the Baltimore Ravens to be Buffalo, but I was a little leery about that. But um, Buffalo won – not – it's not a shocker, but you know, Tampa, uh, Tampa Tom. I don't bet against him, and um, <laughs> Drew Brees. Done. I, I'm sure in his in his mind, he's like, I can't go out like this, but I don't think he has any. I don't think his body can put up for another season. I think, and you and people can laugh at me. They had a chance. They they might have been a little bit better served with Jameis Winston in in at the second half because Jameis Winston, for the, I mean, for criticism as well, the one thing he can do, he can stretch the football and he can throw it down the field, mm-hmm. and um, and um, uh, Drew Brees. Couldn't do that. Tampa defense knew he couldn't do that. So they just jammed up all the receivers and played and, and, and played, you know, 10 to 15 yards deep. And they picked them off all over the place with no threat of having to have anybody downfield and have to play too safety high and having to play, you know, you know, you know, quarterbacks playing 10, you know, 10 yards off. They can just jam them. They have the safety cover over, and they picked them off left and right. And Drew Brees couldn't get the ball down more than twenty yards. It was, it was sad to see. But those rib injuries in that in that uh in that collapsed lung, I was surprised he even came back the rest of the season. Had eleven broken. I thought he should have just called it after that, but they 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 shot him up, sent him out there, and the man looked slightly better than Peyton Manning did in his last game. And Peyton Manning couldn't throw the ball 10 yards. That right. To be honest, I think that's one of the reasons why – I think that was one of the reasons why he was at a position where he was saying, I, I don't think I could do this anymore. Um, when that happened, when that injury happened, I think that that solidified his decision of saying, you know what, this is going to be my last hurrah or maybe my last hurrah. Um, like you said, his body can't take that anymore. Um, and I agree with you, Smooth. You're not alone on that. I really thought that Winston would probably would have provided a better opportunity for them to score um, with the long ball than what they was doing. But I also believe that um, with Drew Brees being that he's been, um, there's many years that he's been there, the championship that he's won. I think they, they was trying to go out and send him out the right way, um, that way. Like, if you're going to win, we'll win with you. If we lose, we lose with you. And then we'll start fresh in the new season. So I think that the opportunity wasn't – it just – it wasn't in the cards, so to speak. Um, I believe that at the end of the day, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason, of course. But as of right now, I think that with the with Drew Brees is that he was at a point where he was just like, my body cannot take this. After all this, these injuries, I just can't take it. And so, I mean, if he and like I said, I think he was like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go out my way. So if I could do it, I'll do it. If I can't, I can't. We lose, you know, we'll start fresh a new season. You won't have to worry about me because this is gonna be my last hurrah, either or. Um, if it is, so I think that, you know, the opportunity could have been there, but I think that they just wanted to just play it out as is. So, um. Kind of was rooting for the Saints to win, but of course that didn't happen. Um, like you said, the Browns and Chiefs, I really thought it was going to be an interesting game. I thought it was a really good game, uh, to be honest with you. Um, to be honest, I didn't think it was going to be that good of a game, uh, especially with Mahomes going out. The question was whether or not uh, the Chiefs could hold off the win, in which they did. But I'm going to be honest with you, Packers, Bills, um, 
I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, but the Packers and Buccaneers, I'm not really pressed to see it. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a closer game. But I just, I don't, I'm not feeling that as much as I'm feeling the Bills and the Chiefs. I definitely want to see that. I think that is definitely intriguing between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes if he comes back and starts. So that's going to be the game I'm going to be looking for. And quite honest, whoever comes out of the AFC, I'm rooting for them to win the Super Bowl because I'm not feeling Rodgers and um, Brady going back at it at this stage. I'm going to tell you right now, Green Bay is going to blow the shit out of Tampa Bay. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to count out Brady at this moment because I think that Brady has something to prove with this new team. And Look here, man. I, Brady ain't been to the tundra, dog. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but my point is, is that Brady is trying to is on a mission. Don't think that he is not. He is on a mission to prove that his time in New England was just that in New England, but he is still Tom Brady. He is still that dude. I'm pretty sure that he's trying to prove to everyone that what he did in New England is the same thing he could do in Tampa Bay. Mark my words, he has the chip on his shoulder. So the Packers maybe best better be ready to make sure that they solidify that Super Bowl win because if they don't solidify the Super Bowl um, bid, it's going to be a huge disappointment. Well, well I mean – you can say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers felt the disrespect when they went out and Green Bay drafted Jordan Love, the quarterback. So he felt disrespected too. Yeah, there's two levels of disrespect. No, dis- no, no doubt about it. The question is, how who is going to fuel that to go to the Super Bowl? I'm going to be honest with you. If this was the Packers and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, would we really watch it? The Packers and the Buccaneers? Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully, they're in the same division, but uh, yeah, that's my point. <laughs> but, um, but I put like this there's only been a handful of teams that went into Green Bay and actually took a game and won versus Green Bay. 49ers did it with uh Connor Kaepernick, but he did it with his legs, they weren't expecting that back in the day. I ain't find too many quarterbacks that can sit there and adapt to that, to that level of cold in Green Bay. And Aaron plays like it's a 70-degree day when he's when he's out there doing this thing. You know what I'm saying? So, and Tom, that fool is 44 years old. That cold hit different when you're 44 years old. I'm sorry. <laughs> that joint hits your bones, man. You just like. <laughs> you know, it's going to be cold, but it ain't going to be that cold. Like, you know, unless not, I mean, Tom was playing in New England. So, shit, if it don't get cold up there. Um, he's, he's, he's used to cold weather, but I'm not going to, let's not put that much stock in the cold weather because, uh, let it be known, your Giants with Eli Manning went down there in the cold and beat Brett Favre when it was ice cold and beat Aaron Rodgers when it was a little less nice cold to put the last one when Tom Coughlin cheeks were blue as ice <laughs> out there <laughs> and the Giants Northeast team went out there, and they tapped him twice. Understandably. But how old was Eli at the time? He was slightly older than than um, than um Rodgers. So he was in his late 30s the last time he went down and beat him? The first time they beat, and this is when they had Brett Favre. Uh, right, so he's probably in his mid-20s. Mid-20s, but then when he beat Brett Favre, he was probably in his late 20s early 30s but i agree with you the 40 it, it hits you different yes. but I, but i'm not going to discount tom brady it's not like he he's five years removed from playing you know in new england he's just one year so but i'm yeah. just saying as far as as far as from green bay's potent offense because let's put it like this la's la's defense is supposed to be like the best defense um probably they had the number one corner they got the number one d lineman and green bay beat them like they stole something like it was easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Tampa's defense is not bad because the Tampa's defense is pretty good. But it ain't LA good. <laughs> and they beat LA easily. <laughs> no, but I, I get where he's coming from. My thing is, is that I cannot, if it was any other quarterback, all right, I give you that. But we're talking about Tom Brady here. And that's the only thing that I'm saying. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to put it like this. 
I don't see them beat them as easily as they did the Rams. That's where I'm coming from. This okay. is going to be a close game. This is going to be a tight game. Um, so it's going to come down to whoever makes the key plays and the right decisions, especially with time management. Because last thing you want to do is get into a time management where you either have to play from behind to win or, you know what I'm saying, it, it's, it's, it's going to be some, some chess moves that need to be made here for it to be, you know, for them to get over that hump. It's not going to be an easy game for either team. I agree. I, I, I trust Tom Brady. He's going to be there. He's going to be prepared. The, the, that offense and the, the team around him worries me, especially with Bruce Arians. I'm not that. I'm not that confident in them. But um, but I agree with you, Al. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, but as much as they want to say the pressure is on Tom Brady, no, the pressure's on Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady's his goat status is solidified. I mean, if he doesn't True. get it this year, he can still easily try to come back and get it next year. But Aaron Rodgers has been on the record heavily talking about this is what he wanted. He wanted the NFC Championship game in Green Bay. He wanted to be cold. He wanted the road to run through Green Bay. You got what you want to get to the NFC Championship. I mean, to the Super Bowl. You haven't been in 10 years. That pressure is on you to produce. Tom can be like, okay, we just, for whatever reason, first year, he can write that off and then try to come back and then duplicate that. Then the pressure's on him. But Aaron, baby, this is you. You've been on a record talking about publicly campaigning about to be MVP, which you probably will be. Publicly campaigning about you wanted the NFC Championship game in Green Bay, in the cold, in January. You got it. You got the GOAT. You better <laughs> deliver. Because if you don't, I'm afraid this is probably going to be maybe not your last chance, but your best chance to get it done. Well, I'm going out in the limb, and I'm going to put this here on my mama's birthday at 10 p.m. That regardless who come out of the, AF, the NFC championship game, Buffalo is going to knock out Kansas City, and Buffalo is going to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. You think Buffalo? Yes, because Kansas City's been playing like pure shit. Kansas City's not not Kansas City when they are on their when they are doing it, they're putting up 30 and 40 points. These last five, six, seven games, these jokers are barely hitting 25. And they are struggling on defense. Buffalo is a goddamn problem. Yeah, because no, their running game is just good enough, but that passing attack is 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 elite. And then Josh Allen fuck around and start running. <laughs> but it, it's that defense that really gets me. Um, their defense is a little bit. I, to be honest, I think their defense is, is a little bit more better than Kansas City at this stage. And they're playing at the right time. They're clicking at the right time. And if truth be told, if Kansas City um, doesn't get their defense up to par. Because we still talk about, I mean, their offense is going to be there no matter what. There's lightning in a the bottle. They're going to be, next thing you know, they'll score like 14 points in over three-minute span. Like, they'll get there offensively. But if they don't focus on their defense, especially with the offensive weapons that Buffalo has, it's going to be a long game. And quite honestly, I don't think that they can go head-to-head -head with Buffalo's I mean, defense and their offense and offense. I don't think they can go head to head like that. They really need to solidify that defense and stop Buffalo. If they can't stop Buffalo, I don't know about Kansas City's chances. I'm, I'm going. To, I'm going to go on the limb. I think Kansas City will provide Mahomes plays. <laughs> <laughs> I think they will beat Buffalo. I think Buffalo is the Buffalo is there, but I think the lights, the bright lights, are going to get them. Um, but I think Buffalo is on the cusp. They're not there yet. Um, but I think Kansas City, with Mahomes playing, will sneak by them. I agree with you, Ace. That defense is real shaky. Whoever they catch in the, in the Super Bowl is going to beat them, be it Green Bay or be it Tampa. But I think they'll I think Mahomes will play. They'll be good enough to get past Buffalo, but they'll lose to whoever they'll they'll play in the in the in the um, Super Bowl. 
Mm. More so Packers than Tampa. Because mm. I think Tampa defense is still suspect. And I can see Kansas City dropping 30 on Tampa Bay's defense quick. Well, I'm I'm saying I'm going Green Bay Buffalo for the Super Bowl. Two two small hardworking towns going to the buff to going to the uh, to the to the Super Bowl this year. Um, and typically, when I call them out like that, I'm 100 percent wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sticking by my guns because I'm not saying I'm not saying that uh, Buffalo is great. I think they're very uh, offensively. I think they're great, but what they did to Baltimore, shutting down that run game, mm-hmm. showed me something that I think Buffalo might be ready for that prime time because everybody just knew that that uh, Lamar and company was going to go, you know, run for 225, 250 yards on the ground. Lamar was going to give him 175 in the air, and Baltimore was just going to kill him. Buffalo said, nah, I ain't having that. And the one thing you can't throw up in Buffalo's face and say, well, you got to come to Kansas City to deal with this cold. They're like, well, you, you've been to Buffalo lately? <laughs> so, you know, I, I have a strange, strange feeling that Buffalo's going to go in there. It's going to be a dogfight. I'm not going to predict the score. But I just think Buffalo's going to pull it out. Not to be honest with you, I, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. I'm rooting for them, I should say. I'm not going to say I'm in complete agreement, but I'm rooting for them because I really want them to come, I mean, go against all odds and winning the whole thing. Um, because let's be honest, you have majority of the people that's quarterback-wise, especially for Josh Allen, all the rest of the remaining quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl outside of Josh Allen. So when you think about it, it would be much more. I'm rooting for that aspect so that he can join that club. So I really am rooting for them. They do have a good chance of making it to the Super Bowl, and they do have a good chance of winning at this stage. Um, I think that. I think that overall, Buffalo is going to use that same game plan that he used against Baltimore in a way. If Patrick Mahomes is playing, to to venture out to do to, to utilize that for Kansas City. Of course, Patrick Mahomes is a completely different animal than Lamar Jackson. Um, but in regards to because he has he's a better passer, but in regards to the defensive scheme, I think that they're going to utilize that to some degree um, in Kansas with against Kansas City, which I think one of the reasons why I don't think that Kansas City, I think Kansas City and Buffalo is, is going to be a close game as well. I don't think none of these games is going to be a blowout game. I think that there's going to be some schemes that's going to be placed. I think that they're going to utilize it and it's going to be effective. Um, I don't know if it's going to be effective enough to beat Kansas City, but I think it's going to be effective enough to be in play for to fit, you know to win. And I know you want to say something, but just real quick, I think when you match offense to offense, I think Kansas City and Buffalo is about as close as offensive two offenses can be as far as the amount of weapons that they have and how they utilize them. Hmm. Yeah, well, look, they better do it better than the last time they played them because the last time Kansas City beat them 26-17 and it, it didn't look close, I mean, as the score was. so Was that in the beginning of the season? Midway in the season. Yeah, so, no, I agree. I think, uh, no, I agree with all you guys say. I still think that, yeah, they bottled up. Um, Lamar Jackson because they had no threat of the pass and I was begging Lamar Jackson just throw the rock down they're stacking the defense the the safeties weren't even playing they weren't even playing high they were playing so low you could have faked the run and then threw play action pass would have killed them now they're not going to they're going to have different problems with Kansas City because Kansas City can run and they can pass but the hell they can pass but like I said it all depends on if Patrick Mahomes is playing he's 100% my Guesses that they will. If Buffalo beats them, would it totally shock me? No, but I would like to see Patrick Mahomes go in and win and actually win the whole thing. It's just so I can, just so we can say, man of color, no matter how much he's <laughs> slightly diluted, beat one of the god darn goats. <sighs> 
the quote unquote goat and perceived goat. <laughs> okay, well, if, if for that for that alone, yes, yeah. that's yeah. all I want. <laughs> I mean, I can't that even argue with all that. I want. Thing. Can I even argue with that? I will. I'll give you that. I concede to that. <laughs> preferably, I want him to. Preferably, I'll rather Kansas City beat Kansas City and Green Bay go, and Kansas City run the hell out of a and run Green Bay out of Super Bowl, and Patrick Holmes throw for three hundred yards. Just so you can say, now what? Oh, they'll just say that's the white side of the family. That's uh, I know, but <laughs> I want to hear him make that. I want to hear him make that specific decision so I can say all your arguments about, you know, black QBs running or not, is hypocritical. Ah, <laughs> uh, but then he'll sit there and say, "Well, that's just one." <laughs> he got a response. He got to come back. <laughs> he got a response for everything. <laughs> I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I want to see. Actually, I want to see the continuation of the young gunners, the young QBs start transitioning and start stealing the show of the NFL. Definitely. Phillip Rivers just retired. Drew Brees is retiring. Just a matter of time before Tom Brady retires. Aaron Rodgers will probably leave Green Bay before he retires and go somewhere else, just like Tom did, so that Jordan Love will get his get, get his run. Um, but I'm liking this whole Young QBs are starting to lead the way as far as the, the NFL is going. So I know uh, we've been talking a lot about the NFL, but I think we need this to touch on the NBA really quickly. Uh, I think shortly after we had our show last week or or we talked about it on our show last week, uh, James Harden being traded to the Nets and how all this is going to happen uh, as far as how they're going to play together. Um, I I know they this is the first game they, they all three have played together today. I'm not sure if they beat Cleveland. I know they were losing to Cleveland at one point. They lost it. They lost in um, overtime. Uh, growing pains it is. I wonder why. Somebody, somebody uh, didn't get to take the last shot. <laughs> Nah, really, um, Colin Sexton scored like 20 on answer. I mean, 20 straight points. Yeah, like 42. Um, Cleveland, I mean, well, I'll, I'll explain later about that, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. You know, it's just, it's just interesting to see how these three would gel. Um, but I guess it just takes time. You know, got all three of them on the court. And I, I was listening to somebody at ESPN where they talked about, it may not be a bad thing because now situational basketball, rotational basketball, who can sit on the bench versus who you keep on the floor, all those types of things. Well, what, what, in other words, we'll really start to see if Steve Nash is really a coach or are those three coaching him, you know, or Dan Tony in his ear talking about this is what we need to do because this is what worked when I was coaching in Houston. I can answer that question. I mean, I don't even need that. Um, three players are coaching him. Um, right now, Steve Nash is there. He's still learning the game um, as far as from a coaching standpoint, I should say. Um, I'm going to be real quick about this. Um, he's still learning. Um, right now, it's not even – I can't even say he's the one that's putting the team together. It's, it's basically Sean Marks. Um, Sean Marks is putting this team together. And right now, it's a team of everybody that are friends and buddy-buddy. That's the bottom line. Um, if you're friends with Kevin Durant, you're friends with James Harden, friends with Kyrie, you should be good. Bottom line. Um, but the only reception was Torian Prince, who got traded to Cleveland. Um, but everybody else, for the most part, is going to be there no matter what. Um, now, the question is, is, is not really – for Steve Nash, his, his, job, his question is basically how can he make it work with the players he has. And truth be told, until they fix the defense, they're not going to really, they're not going to solidify themselves as, they're not even going to make it to the NBA Finals. Until they solidify their defense, um, it's going to be a problem. And I'll just leave it at that. James Harden, they, they're there offensively, yes. But losing Jared Allen was the defensive anchor that they have. DeAndre Jordan, for what, you know, don't give me, I don't knock, I mean, I'm not going to knock him. Um, he's a very good center, defensive center, but Jared Allen was much better at that level defensively than DJ is right now. 
And until they solidify another defensive big or some get some defensive stalwarts in there, it's not going to change. They won't. They'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals, but if they make it to the NBA Finals, I don't know. And even if they do, they're not going to win with the defense that they have. Bottom line. I a thousand percent agree with you. Um, defense is trash. Um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to find out playoffs that the trade for Harden might not have wound up because they might have gave up a little bit too much to get him and sacrifice a lot. But come talk to me in April, April, May, and June, and we'll find out, you know, what it is. But uh, to me – Players are going to do what they're going to do. Steve Nash is going to just make sure everything goes good. His coaching is going to come in the playoffs when you need to make those in-game adjustments mm -hmm. um, out of halftime. Right now, they're just going to run it and see what best works and then run with that. But the playoffs is going to be where, you know, Steve Nash and Dan Tony earn their keep <laughs> in a sense. And uh, I've already seen, you know, you know Dan and Tony, and if he's shadow coaching a team, that's a bad look. Well, let me put it to you like this. I went ahead and popped in NBA 2K21 <laughs> with the trade. But obviously, I played the game prior to Kyrie coming off of the COVID watch. So they had Kyrie on the bench, and he was unavailable. There were three other players that were unavailable. And I said, all right, let me play against the Bucks." When Alts comes out and says that the big that they gave, I can't think of his name. He just said his name, Bob. The big that they gave up in the trade was their defensive stalwart. He ain't never lied. Because when I tell you Gian, uh, Giannis had 26 points in the first half because all he would do, all they would do is do pick and rolls, and he had easy, easy uh, lanes to the hoop. I couldn't stop. Pick and roll. Right, I couldn't stop him from nothing. And, you know, 2K tries to simulate basketball as best possible. I had no defense. Even with DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Jordan on the floor, I had no defense because they were playing so high. My defensive rotation could not fall back quick enough to pick up Giannis. Now, mind you, offensively, damn it, Joe Harris, Kevin uh, Durant, um, uh, old boy from Houston. Can't think of his name. I'm fucking tired. Uh, <laughs> James Harden. Which guy? James Harden. James Harden. James Harden. You know, all them jokers knocked down Jay's offenses. Nice. I'm just saying, like, I popped in 2K21 with the updated rosters and was playing against Milwaukee. But Kyrie was still on the bench due to COVID. And I was like, it was pretty much like Giannis was just having his way in the paint because I had nobody down there that was quick enough even get down to the paint because they drew all of the defense out on the perimeter. And it was bananas. So Jared Allen's name that got traded? Is that yep, that is correct. Yeah, and now I see. I was back and I remember the name. Um, I'm just saying that you are 100% correct because I don't know. The Nets have no depth. They have no depth and they have no defensive presence whatsoever. And I agree with you and 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 and. and mm when you say that the defense is trash because if 2K21 resembles anything like what's going on in the NBA right now, and it kind of does a little bit, I can't even see the Nets getting out the first damn round. Because all all they got to do is play against somebody who has a decent enough post player and they'll get abused. Yeah. No, I, no, I'll agree with you because I like two teams off the top of my head. Um, well, the only thing with Giannis is the problem is, is that if he was able to shoot threes, Milwaukee would be top. I mean, they would beat the Nets easily. Mm -hmm. That's the only problem that Milwaukee had. That's why they lost that game against the Bucks on MLK Day. Um, if Giannis was able to shoot, this wouldn't have been a problem um, because they're so reliant on Chris Middleton to shoot jumpers and shoot them out. Um, either Chris Middleton or Brooke Lopez, they're, they're very good shooters. They're Pat Connington, they're very good shooters. But if Giannis was able to shoot the ball, then the Bucks would be by far still the top team in the Eastern Conference, without question. Um, same thing with Orlando Magic, because let's be honest, um, Vucevic 
from the center that plays for um, the Magic was abusing whoever was there. He, whether he was shooting threes or taking it, posting up, he was abusing them. And like I said before, DeAndre Jordan is a great inside player, but he doesn't have the speed to contend with anybody on the outside. And as long as they have a center that can shoot threes, it's going to be a difficult matchup no matter what for the Nets. And until that is addressed, it's going to be a long series, no matter, like you said, no matter who they play. If they play the Magic in the first round series, that would be a six, seven game series as it stands right now. Bottom line. Because uh, he can take, I mean, between him, Brooke Lopez, who plays center, he's able to shoot threes. There's people out, there's teams out there that have centers that are able to, capable to make threes on a nightly basis. And if they don't have no outside contesting that, it's going to be a problem in the long series for them. And that's one of the reasons why I see Nets fans been shouting until they're blue in the face. This is exactly why they're going to miss Jared Allen at the center position because he was able to be quick enough to reach out in there and play not just inside, but on the outside too. He played that defense on the outside. He'll run when his transition needs to be ran. It was bottom line, like he was a better defensive player and he was getting there offensively too. So that's why it boggles my mind that not only did they trade it away, Jared Allen, but he now goes to a team that has Andre Drummond, who is now having scoring 20 and 20 a game. So it's like this mindset. They need to have somebody else there. If they're following that model of Mike D'Antoni where they don't need another big, it's going to be – they're not going to last in these series. I'm sorry. They need another big. And what's crazy about it is they have three roster spots now – for to get another big, but they have not yet to look at someone at this point, which is still crazy to me. And Perry is go ahead. Who would they give up to get a big? They don't need to give no, they have three roster spots open. They I mean, well, two actually, because James Harden, they gave away, I mean, traded Karis Levert, Torian Prince, Jared Allen. So they have two roster spots, I mean two open spots left because James Harden took away one of those spots. So they have two roster spots open. Two open spots. Are you trying to say go into free agency and then see what the hell's out there? I would rather them do that for now and 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 look at the wheels and see who's out there. There's plenty of um centers out there that are defensive centers. They can look in the G League and get a defensive player of the year at a center and bring him aboard. And he'll probably be more beneficial than where they are right now. <laughs> I'll, I'm just being honest. Like until they address their defense, they're not gonna last. This is a lot I of mean, they'll have the best record, but they won't last in the playoffs. <laughs> and as much as they gave up for Harden, uh, they ain't got a whole lot to give to get anybody. <laughs> and that's why they need to look in free agency. Yeah, I'll go overseas real quick and snap somebody. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, uh, go ahead. This, I mean, the, the fact that Antonio's there and, and, and this is all offense and, and light defense, this all sounds smells of Dan and Tony's handiwork. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work in Houston. Didn't work in Phoenix. Didn't work in Phoenix. <laughs> didn't work anywhere. And it's not going to work in New Jersey. Didn't work in New- I mean, excuse me. Frankly, I don't think it's going to work with Brooklyn. I think <laughs> they would have been better off with, Dar- with, with Durant and Kyrie. I was very, I was very edgy about them bringing in, bringing in Harden because how much would you had to give to get? And they gave up a hell of a lot. And Harden doesn't really play any defense. Kyrie plays defense when he feels like it. Only person out of that quote-unquote big three that plays defense is KD. And the fact that Kyrie is is not, in my opinion, all the way invested in basketball um, is, I think, what prompted them to go after Harden because they're afraid that Kyrie might leave him high or dry again whenever the mood suits him. And um, let, <laughs> let me get to Kyrie for one last thing. <laughs> Kyrie, I heard your reasoning why you were out for your time off. I understand that you bought George Floyd's family house. You gave us scholarship monies to, you know, so many people go to HBCUs. All that is well and good, and I agree with you. It needs to be done. I think that to really affect change, you're eating crumbs outside of the bigger pie. 
um, giving a house and giving scholarships is good. It's a good look. And it's almost as a good PR look. But if you really want to affect change, you got to get your hands dirty and work more towards changing the system from a local level to a state level and then to a federal level. Buying George Floyd's family a house is all well and good. You know, giving out scholarships is all well and good. But where else is your money being used to affect some real change? To me, it's almost like you're giving money away to say, I did this, I did that. And to me, it's all well and good. But if, you, if you're going to be about what you said you're going to be about, if the protest on the Capitol Hill really moved you in that way to do something, or if, you know, the summer of Black Lives Matter really moved you in some way, if you really was trying to get people out there to not play and it was going to move you to some way, where are you out on the front lines with trying to get people to vote? Where are you out on the front lines in Georgia to get people to vote? Where are you on the front lines around New Jersey, New York, and some of the battleground states to get people to vote? Where is your voice then? Um, you can do two things at once. You can play basketball and still do all these other things. If you're going to be about you know, the change to the community and it's all well and good. But if you're going to be about it, then be about it. If you don't want to play and if you want to spend all your time in there, do it. But you can do two things at once. I don't always agree with what LeBron James does, but LeBron James can do two things at once. You know, you know, Muhammad Ali, he was able to do two things at once. A lot of people was able to do two things at once, whether it was openly or whether it was quietly. A lot of people prefer to do things quietly behind the scenes, still play basketball, still play football, but still put their money in the local and the state levels to get things done. You don't have to just leave your team high and dry. You don't have to leave your players high and dry or tell your coach or owner nothing to your players, you know, I'm, I'm going out. And then when you come back, you're saying that the things affected me. And I felt like I get it. But you can do two things at once. However, if your energy wants to be out there on the front lines, then be out there on the front lines and just say, I'm giving up basketball for a year. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to play basketball, then play basketball. If you want to do both, you can do both. A lot of people are doing both. And to me, you're picking and if you don't want to play, they don't play. Cause to me, it seems like you really don't want to play and you're using legitimate good excuses to not to play, to do other stuff. You can do two things at once, bro. You can. So to me, Harden came in there because I think that that's a worry that Kyrie is going to leave him high and dry again for not just a few weeks, but before a few months. So that's why Harden is there as an insurance policy for Kyrie. Now that Harden is there, I think Kyrie's probably going to want to play because he felt like his position is threatened. Either A, he's going to want to play, he's going to fuck up the chemistry, or B, he's not going to want to play, and they're probably better off. In my opinion, I think they're probably better off with Harden and KD than they are with Kyrie and KD. And that's my whole thing on Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> to be honest, I kind of agree with you. Um, I agree with you. I'm not going to talk about the political thing with um, Kyrie. Um, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, I reserve judgment on that. Um, but as far as the chemistry is concerned, I completely agree with you. James Harden right now does play the point. And to be honest with you, James Harden plays the point a little bit better. Not saying better, I'll say differently and effectively, a little bit more effective um, with James Harden at the point than Kyrie. Um, for the two games that I've seen, you could tell that James Harden is trying to do his best to get his team involved. He knows he can get his points no matter what. It just seems like the chemistry was there from the jump. Um, and that was one of the things that was solely missing. I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment because it's only the first game that they all been together. So I'm going to reserve judgment on that because it's going to take time for them and the chemistry to grow. James Harden is still learning the rest of the team. Um, I know that these past couple of games, the missed lobs to 
um, DeAndre Jordan and all that is going to gel in with time. So I'm going to reserve judgment for that. But I still am going to say that until they assure up that defense, it's not going to get them anywhere. They can have the best chemistry in the world. But if that defense is not shored up, it's not going to happen. But I do say that I, from what I can tell so far, James Harden is best suited for the point guard position right now. Now, what my suggestion would be is to have James Harden run the, bring the floor, ball up, but then have Kyrie as your off guard some way, shape, or form doing it that way. Or if you're going to share responsibility, share responsibility where Kyrie is not just shooting the ball all the time but learning how to pass. James Harden came in and got over 10 assists these past couple of games alone, the first two games. So you could tell right off the bat he's trying to get his teammates involved. It just seems as though that that's what the, the chemistry is, is fits that way for whatever shape or form. It just looks that way. And um, that's the optics. Um, but – at the end of the day, I think that um, they just need to gel together. If they gel together and, you know, they come together um, chemistry-wise, then their offense is going to excel. It's going to be better than what it is. Um, but they definitely need to shore up that defense. The defense needs a definite work. And until that happens, they are not going to win no championships. They'll have the best record, maybe, or be fighting for the best record, but they won't win no championships that way, as currently stated. I don't think there's anything else needs to be said. <laughs> <laughs> I would just leave it at that. And fellas, we have come to our time. Uh, actually, we've gone over our time, but it was well, it was it was it was needed. Um, so with that being said, where can folks find you? Find me on Snap, yeah, the Twitter and the Gram at J E Rawson number seven. And you're going to find me in the next five minutes trying to fix this router to see why my network keep going down. But outside of that, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am out calls. Twitter, Instagram, I am out calls. And you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. We'd like to thank everybody who's tuned in today. we got our people out in Pittsburgh. What up? Thank you for tuning in. So, uh... Let us know if you're there, man. When you're there and you're online, let us know. We'll definitely shout you out, to, you know, during the show. She did. She was on it. She was there. So I'm talking about, I'm talking to anybody, everybody, whomever. <laughs> you know, we're talking about our new Insta Instagram buddies. Shout out to sign. If you're here, let us know. We'll shout you out live during the show. Because we uh, find it very important that, that folks know that we appreciate y'all, you know, for taking time out of your evening to come tune in with us. So with that being said, Everybody have a wonderful, great evening. Until next week, guys, stay safe, stay masked up, and look out for our next new episode of God.